You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, and welcome to The Compass, the podcast documenting the struggles of life as an artist. I'm Leah Walsh. My guest today is Caitlin Chisek. Caitlin is a fantastic costume designer. She designed the show I'm in right now, Drunkalvania, with Three Day Hangover, and... It's been wonderful getting to know her and her work. She lights up a room and has brought so much thoughtfulness and humor to the process with that play. I'm excited to share this conversation. If you enjoy The Compass, if I could please, please ask for a quick favor. If you can rate or review the podcast in iTunes, just search for the show in the podcast app and leave a quick rating. It'll take 30 seconds and it would really help other artists to find us. So thank you so much for that. I hope you enjoy the 64th episode of The Compass. How do you try to avoid going to the dark side as an artist? Uh, I, I, what is it for you? Too? What is the dark yeah. side? Um, uh, the dark side is when you like lose sight of what you're doing and the value of storytelling. Uh, it's when the the personal trials and tribulations outweigh the responsibility we have to to do this, which I'm sure some people won't agree with because they think we're fluff. But uh, you know, every once in a while, I think we as a community do do some really poignant stuff, and uh, losing sight of that is the dark side. Sometimes it's, I think, good to go there in a way, like to kind of like let the cap fly off and to like have the messy cry fest eyeliner moment on the mm-hmm. train. And, and I've done it a number of times, but um, I avoid it mostly by putting myself in a situation where I can laugh at what's happening, where I can like get to a person or a place or a situation or even a work of art that were, like kind of makes me laugh at the absurdity of it. And um I joke a lot that like the hardest part for me is the lugging. It's like when people or companies don't help like navigate things. Like I like when I waste time um, negotiating transportation. It's like, well, that's not art. It's not what you hired me to do, and I hate that part. Um, but then you like have a beer and you recount like being covered in eyeliner with like your hat falling in the mud and like your suitcases <laughs> full of costumes ripping or like the taxi driver screaming at you. And you're like, yeah, that's kind of beautiful chaos too. Right. And so you come to, you have to like turn around on that moment and love it a little bit and be like, yep, that's who I am. That's where I go. <laughs> How did you first, um, get into costume design? 
Well, I have always been a, a kid of the theater. My dad taught and acted and directed. My mom worked in the theater for a while, so I was raised in like a like a theater house, and mm-hmm. you know there were like very stern arguments about like you know uh, the influence of Stanislavski on a on a you know a more active Adler method and like garbage <laughs> like that. And it was like that was dining room table talk. Um, so I speak actor pretty fluently, but. Um, I was acting in college and it was the, it was great. I mean, I love it. I love the theater. I love my comrades in arms, uh, but it was just too exhausting. Um, the emotional toll of being an actor and like performing it, not just performing, like sure. It's like it's energy and you need a power bar, but also like if it's demanding a lot of your emotional spectrum or the, the character's emotional spectrum, I was like jet lagged and I couldn't keep it up. It actually takes a kind of stronger person for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'd always been a home sewer and like a crafter and like a nerd who likes magazines and fabric swatches and (laughs) stuff like that. I almost said a curse. Am I lying? That's right. Oh, I I like shit like that. Okay, great. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, I was like confused. I didn't know what to do. And I got offered this like less than minimum wage job in the costume shop at undergrad, like helping with alterations. And so... Um, within the span of nine months, I was applying to a master's program and got in and uprooted my life and right after undergrad. Mm -hmm. So I was only in the shop a little over a year and then turned that into a direction. Uh, and I've never turned back. It's been great. Uh, (laughs) I love it. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. And you grew up in New York. I did. Yeah. Yeah. So lots, I mean, I know there's some New York City kids who, like, were, they were those kids going to see Rent. Like, they were lined up outside. But it was, you know, they took me to see, like, garbage Shakespeare on St. Mark Street. And um, back when the Cocteau was still around, we would go, like, I saw this, like, very strange version of Lysistrata that was all, like, bondage. You know what I mean? Like, strap-on. <laughs> the underground yeah. stuff. But, like, you went with your dad, too. And he was like, so, like, you know, what are the narrative implications of strap-ons? And you're like, oh, oh dad. And yeah, but you had that theater talk. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. And so when you went to grad school, that's where you met all the three-day hangover folks that were doing Drunk of Anya with. It now. is, yeah. yeah. So David was there. He was in the acting program ahead of me, and Beth was there in the directing program. Um, and uh, I remember, actually, David and I were joking the other night about uh, the first time we ever met was in a fitting. And oh, I, yeah. yeah, and like <laughs> we have this sort of impression of that moment being like, oh yeah, like y- you, like you're a person who's doing this, like kind <laughs> of like meeting on that level. Um, and then with Beth, we we actually didn't really hang out much in grad school. And then um, after my second year, her third year, we both got offered a job at the same summer company, and uh, like on a whim, decided to live together. But it was like the beginning of a beautiful everything. Like (laughs) we moved into this like cute little house and I think I turned, I had a birthday a couple of days later and I like woke up to like fresh coffee and homemade biscuits and like the perfect Southern hospitality of Beth Gardner. And I think we like speak a very similar visual language and like to tell the same kind of stories and, um, like to drink. She taught me how to drink whiskey, which I didn't know how to do before that. So yeah, we have a good time. All the important life lessons. The important life lessons, theater lessons for sure. So have you, since grad school, have you been mostly freelancing? Yeah. Did you move back to New York right away? I did. I came back immediately. I always knew I would. Um, you know, the old adage is true. You can take the girl out of the city. You can't take the city out of the girl. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my family is still here. So it was very much about like, 
still wanting to be home and connected to them and um, theater. I mean, this is the mecca of theater in this country, really. So it didn't make sense to kind of go anywhere else. Plus the rent was free. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Do Uh, you have brothers and sisters? I'm an only. Mm. And we already discussed that your dad was way into the theater. Mm -hmm. Because I usually ask, like, what do your parents make of you choosing a life in the arts? Oh. Even though... they were already kind of in it. Have they accepted your choice as well? Yeah, there was this like, like sort of like this like half-hearted like, could you try anything else? Like, is there any possibility of another field? Uh, but I think they kind of knew right away that they'd brainwashed me too early. Um, they were really happy when I decided to become a designer. I think like the. Um, having been an actor himself, the stress of that was like too much. And he was like, okay, well at least like, like designer feels a little bit more like structured and stable. Okay. (laughs) Um, but yeah, they've never really, they've never worried about pulling me back from that. They're pretty supportive and I'm really lucky to have that. That's really great. Mom and dad. (laughs) (laughs) And so for me coming from the actor side of it, I don't really know anything about like how you as a designer find your freelance work Ah. Do you work with some sort of agent. Oh, are you, are you out there just, you know, one person you meet leads to the next job and leads to the next job kind of thing? Uh, pretty much. It's a lot of, um, you know, with something like three day hangover, they were getting started and they knew there was a dependable person in town. And so uh, it was a little bit like it was a convenience for them. And then it, you know, and then in job on job on job, I, you know, I still send a lot of cold emails. I try to, um, keep, informed. I'm not really very good at this, but I try to see other design and and find out who did it and kind of where they're coming from. And, um, I'm still in a place in my career where assisting is, is a way to get involved and network and connect. So doing, trying to do that just, but also just reaching out to theaters. Um, there are a couple of forums I belong to one on Facebook, one on, one is like a G group. And so people put postings out there about like, oh, we're looking for a shopper for the next day or we need somebody to just run returns or, um, uh, and especially as television is like becoming a pretty big market in the city, getting, um, like day play work on TV shows has been, been another field I've been trying to break into. And then like, then you go to the bar. Do you know what I mean? Like your theater friend has their theater friends who have their theater boyfriends, cousins, roommates, (laughs) in-law and you go and you have a drink and it's like oh yeah we should totally work on this bizarre thing and and after enough drinks it all sounds like a good idea so yeah <laughs> you follow up the next time. you follow you're like you were pretty help. drunk but I think you like me so please give me a job <laughs> okay thanks yeah 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 some designers have agents um and it's like a it's a question on the I know a few people who do it but then I have to give away more of my money so that's we'll true. see that's true yeah that's interesting if you're doing all these different roles, like when you, where you can, you know, this person needs help with this or this person needs help with that. How do you deal with like, I'm assuming the thing you want to do the most is like to be the designer Mm. who's really getting to see a concept through from the beginning to end. And when you are getting a chance to do that, what is your process like along the way? Um, the process is, it's funny. It's like, I just smile sort of thinking about it. And I know it's, I know myself well enough to know that I'm a little bit different when I have the reins that way. Um, uh, I'm very much, uh, like a social nerd. I like, I do like the part of the job that's 
hanging out and looking at stuff and talking and like having an extra drink and, and like really debating a point in the script. Um, and then turning all of that stuff into research and narrative and trying to relate it, you know, how does this image relate to that plot device or how does the history of the time influence, you know, the bigger story we're telling or the arc somehow. And I get like absurdly excited over trying to answer this, the questions of the play with images. Um, and, and then diving into those details, if it's a period or a look or a style, um, taking that apart, like, oh, the shoes were like this and I can play with that detail or like there would be, you know, fabric layered or beading or whatever that, and somehow all of those minute little things compose a richness and make a character. I, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm, this is like a little bit of verbal vomit, but it is so exciting no, that to a certain degree, it's like hard to quantify because it's just joy. Yeah. I'm just, I'm joyful when I do it. Yeah. Uh, do you ever feel like the process doesn't necessarily give you the time? Oh, it never gives you the time. the way you never. <laughs> would hope. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think that's why like a lot of more, uh, and that some people don't understand that like, that's a huge part of your job, like that sort of preparation and thought. Yeah, and it, you know, if I really don't have the time, if you're working under a lot of pressure and I don't sort of look at all the options from all the angles, I'm not, like, I'm not as sort of fluent in the dressing room or in the, in the like, we need a new solution in tech kind of moments. It's, it's when I can kind of go back into the art cave, the art history cave, that I learn more not only about the the clothes and the designs and the aesthetics and the details, but I, I understand their relationship to the characters a lot better. So when you take the time away to do that, to build that relationship, when I don't get to kind of get married to the research, I, um, you know, I'm just not as committed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you had many mentors in your career so far? Like, or do you f- feel like that hasn't played as big a role for you? That's a, that's a good one. Um, I, I don't, but that's not to say I, well, yes and no. I, there are some people who were, who were sort of intended to play a very specific mentoring role and it never fit. Um, and then there are some people who like sort of aren't theater people or aren't costume people, but have been guiding forces and have taught me about other things. Um, I think, to a certain degree, I'm of an age now where, like, I'm not, I'm really, I mean, I'm, I will always be students, you know, will always be learning, mm-hmm. but I find that the, the, the thing most like mentorship is the support of my peers. It's like, it's like the, the person who, when you start to fall back in the race is like, mm, keep going. Um, and they kind of like, they find something that kind of pops you back out in front again. Um, and that's not mentorship in a traditional way, but it it mentors you on on your own focus and on your own drive. And they're really more valuable to me than a lot of sort of like here's your teacher. Right. People have been. And and it's the one the one sort of really long term mentor I've had in costumes has is at this point just a friend. Like Yeah. She's transitioned. Out yeah, of that. and I like, and I text her absurdities in the middle of the night and like she I watch I was there for the birth of her first kid. Like mm-hmm. she's not She's a teacher, but she's like just another weirdo. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we were just talking about before we started recording that you just came from teaching. Mm. Uh, when did you start doing that? Is that been? Is that something that inspires you, or is it more of like a, a money maker? Or, <laughs> well, or I love both. the money's great. Uh, 
at least compared to freelance costume design checks. <laughs> um, no, teaching, that was a component of my graduate degree, and I, I always was like, oh, yeah, I can do that. It never, I never, like, sort of felt too particular about it. But I'm actually really loving it right now. Yeah. And it's it's hokey but it's like that moment where you see their brain like tilt to the left and like the the piece click in and they're like oh yeah I can do this now you're like yeah like I changed (laughs) the composition of your brain and some of them I mean it's a community college so some of them are still like 18 19 20 and like their brains haven't finished fusing you know like the two lobes haven't become one brain (laughs) um and so the idea that like some little piece of information I've imparted has like been part of the fusion is a really cool idea um but they're New Yorkers too, and so like we get like they're loud and they come with coffee and they like challenge me all the time. Like, I'm teaching. I have I'm teaching an intro to theater course at the moment, and I'm like the department is specific about kind of the book. Like the book has things, and they need to know the things in the book. Mm-hmm. And like some of it's like reasons we go to the theater, A, B, and C. And like and the kids will be like, okay, cool, but like really though, like why should I give any of these assholes my money? And I'm like, okay, great. And then there's like a half an hour argument about it. And some of them are like, I'm a criminal justice major and you can have none of my money. And other people are like, oh, I'm a social worker and this could be uh, an outlet and for me and for patients. And and the right amount of money is an investment. And I can't go to Broadway, but I can go to wherever. Like, And so you... The, that argument, that conversation, this back and forth. And one, actually one of them stood up to me the other day and was like, there's another, I forget exactly what we were talking about, but I was like, the book says there are three reasons. And he like advocated really hard for a fourth and we (laughs) took a vote and everybody was like with this kid. And I was like, great, there are four reasons now. Unfortunately for them, they now have four things to remember for their midterm instead of three, but that's what you get for making a good argument. So. Oh, that's awesome that you're teaching kind of the breadth of everything. You're not just teaching sewing or design right now. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, I like that they have perspectives and they're not, you know, I think the thing, the the good thing about your theater friends and family is that we've all taken the pill. Like we had, the, we drank the Kool-Aid already. Yes. So like we know it's great and it's life and it's beautiful and like, you know, we're going to cry after the show or whatever. But these kids haven't had the Kool-Aid and they challenge that in me a lot. Uh no, but we, it, we need those people. We do. So often I feel like we're just preaching to the choir. Yes. Yes. Shows or whatever. And so it's good to be having people in completely different fields who mm-hmm. are like, oh, I would consider going to a play now when maybe I wouldn't have last week. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, they don't let, a, they don't let me take myself too seriously and I don't take myself particularly seriously, but they definitely <laughs> keep it in check. Uh is there anything you've learned over the last couple of years that you're really proud of that you want to tell me about? I, they're all like little, they're all like little things. They're like, That's um, okay. um uh, you know, have a good rider. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you, do you work all that stuff out yourself? For the most part, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am proud to say I just joined the design union, so now other people can work that out for me, too. Awesome. Um, But up until then, like, you just do a lot of research on, like, what your contract should have in it. Yeah. I mean, there... And there's a lot of sort of standard things out there, and designers tend to share a lot because we are trying to protect one another, and we've, you know, we've all been burned. Um, But uh, you also learn from experience, too. You're like, oh, I didn't ask for help on this, and now I'm doing it myself, and I never want to do this again. So next time in the contract. Yeah. Um, But uh, what was the question? Something you've learned that you're really proud of. Um, 
to slow down. The 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 slightly younger version of me was like had to go to every meeting, had to go to every after party, had to you know had to like pound like like schedule appointments on like next to on top of one another. Uh, and I not only I got worn out, and and it made me not as good. It, I wasn't as good. So I had this like weird turnaround the other day. I I was working at, at another at as a to, at a totally unrelated job on Saturday, and I and the theater I was designing for in Philadelphia, they were having trouble sort of getting the right tools in the room, mainly a sewing machine. And so it occurred to me that the only way that I could make this happen on a timeline where there would be enough room for the director and I to still like look together and like like discuss the stage picture was to just sort of like take the matter into my own hands. And so like, even though I had not planned on going to Philadelphia Saturday, well, when I left, it was like, okay, well, you have to leave this job. You have to go home. You have to pack. You have to go to this other place. You're going to stay there. You're going to get a car. You're going to get up. You're going to drive. You're going to do. And like, it was like, it was a big thing. And a younger self would have sort of felt out of control Mm -hmm. and like, wanted to rush, like get home quick, pack quick. Well, it's like, well, just pack. Yeah. Just have the things you need. And if you lose 10 minutes or 15 minutes or at another, you know, that adds up to a half an hour. But if you race out the door without the one tool you're doing all this for, then you've actually ruined days. Right. So yeah, the lesson is slow down. And I don't like, I don't like running for the train anymore. Like I'd rather be at the meeting, not sweating yeah. And like coming through a moment, maybe later than is perfect, then show up and not be able to catch my breath or articulate myself or be wondering like, oh my God, when I jumped that turnstile, did I drop my wallet and did all the cards <laughs> stay in it? Or is my American Express sitting in a train station somewhere? Right. So yeah, slow down. Everybody slow down. That's a good one. Especially in New York. It's hard. Yeah, it is. Everyone's telling you to speed up. Yeah. Well, speed up on the sidewalk. Slow walkers, I may, I cannot tolerate. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you on that. Do you have any other uh, hobbies or artistic outlets outside of the design realm? Uh, cooking. Ooh. I like to cook. Hello, um, cars. Sorry. It's New York, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, it's so funny. In, in the last few years, I've had any number of people who are um, sort of, who belong to the the culinary world kind of come in and and I had toyed with the idea briefly that if I hadn't gotten into grad school I was going to go to culinary school and almost everyone I've shared that with is like no 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 that's <laughs> you are not going to do that I was like oh okay um, you still could sure I mean like I should pick a more competitive right difficult right. career than the one I currently <laughs> have um but I love food I love I'm a terror I'm not a very good baker but um, I I like a kitchen and I like a I like a hot meal and I like the way it gets people together, which I think is it's sort of like a different version of the theater. But yeah. I made chili last night. It's pretty good. <laughs> That's great. Um, can we talk a little bit about Drunko Vanya? Yes, three day hangover for life. It's our my favorite hashtag. Project yeah. is actually playing, and I've ha- I've managed to have a lot of the artistic team and the cast on. <gasps> between when we did it two years ago and when we did it now, when you joined the team. So what was the process like for you in designing this crazy <laughs> modern Chekhov uh, drinking game? 
play. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, and I, David and Laurie, I apolo- well, and Beth, I apologize for this, but it, it was very last minute. I kind of yes. got the call. Well, the opportunity to do the show at all came up very last minute yes. for all of us. Yes. Uh, it was great, too, because I've worked for, now it's like I, I did Drunk Shakespeare with David, and I did Tartuffe with Beth, and now I, and I was supposed to do Dracula with Laurie, but she had to have a baby. <laughs> and uh, now doing Drunkle Varnia with Laurie. So it's like now I've kind of gotten the full spectrum. The trifecta. The trifecta. Yes. The process was fun. I mean, I think because Laurie and I didn't go to school together, we are like, and it's fun. It's like a, like finding that visual language and being like, I I said, a, did you mean? Right. Oh, what's oh, your okay, communication we, style? Yeah. Yeah. And like figuring that out has been a lot of fun in a way that like, I don't even think Beth Gardner and I think about it anymore because it's happened so many times. We're like, you know, we squeak at each other like, um, who's that Muppet character who just... Beep, 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 beep. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. What's his name with the long, skinny... Yeah. Beak, beaker? Beaker? No. Is that true? I'm not sure. I'm not... I should know. I don't some, know. Some I Google apologize. Um, but yeah, I think she and I kind of beep at each other, and it's like, great, and I come <laughs> back with a design. This process was great because I think Laurie and I both had aesthetic ideas about Russia, and... And we knew that the clothes needed to kind of habit live in this contemporary place. I think not only because of the kind of show we're doing, but because of the the, the technicalities of the where, when, why, and how we're doing it too. So it's like, how is it here and how is it there? And she had these pieces from being in Russia and from working with the script and uh, that relationship. And I and mine were like a little bit more like cinematic and and pop culturey. Like I brought in images of. Um, Dr. Zhivago and uh, like you know sort of like B-team Russian oligarch wives and stuff and like the things they do Um, and I was like isn't this horrible that they do this they wear these things and how do we make them part of this like how do we use this insane thing to our advantage Um, and so a little bit it was like this this back and forth this building of like oh you've got you've got this weird ugly hat and I've got this piece of narrative and and could that hat and this, they, oh, they can. Great. And, and we have a device for the top of the show, you know? So, um, yeah, I like, I, I sort of wish we had like more, it's like, I wish there was more show. Um, and I actually at opening the other night, I was, they come out with that suitcase and I was like, oh, I want to redesign coats. I want more coats. There needs to be more stuff in Russia. Right. Um, if you're listening, David, I'd like to design more coats. <laughs> well, this is so hard because we're working in a non-traditional space where the stuff is kind of being stored in a back corner at yes. this restaurant when we're not there. And it's only three shows a week, so it's hard to have all the things. Yeah, and I and it puts pressure on the clothes, too, to kind of be, like, be the coat without the coat being there. Um, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm it's just thinking. Huge yeah. <laughs> this is, this is uh, not the coat, but if it were the coat, it would speak volumes. Um, so finding those details. I only took a couple of notes the other night, so I... I am. I must be pretty happy. I know Lori had talked about like if we keep extending, like maybe changing the costumes with the seasons. Yes. You think that might still happen? Um, if we magically keep running forever. If we magically keep running forever, I I think that that could happen. Yeah. I I um I can't speak for producers. I've learned I've learned not to do this. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think there is opportunity for like. And, and I hope you feel this way. Like everybody's got like a couple of little things. Do you know what I mean? These like little details that ground, uh, that like ref- they either ground us in Russia or they 
influence a bit of character or they reflect back into this 19th century sensibility or they they evoke the farm or the homestead or whatever i think those things have lives in other seasons and and other versions and in other iterations um and it could be really fun to find them you know like I love, like, I, I think about Sonia's sweater, and it's like, well, the sad girl sweater, right? And like, what is like, what is the sad, what is the sad girl summer look? And like, that, that's one question where I'm like, oh god, no. But at the same time, I'm like, or is she so sad she like wears a sweater in August? I, do you I'm know? so attached to that sweater. I love that thing now. I love I don't that. Know thing. If I could do without it. It's so drapey. <laughs> Please, everyone, come see Drunkle Vanya so you can see what we're talking about with the sad girl sweater. It's such a sad girl sweater. It speaks volumes about Sonia's emotional state. I actually really, I'm, I don't know if I'm giving too much away, but when you sort of gesture with your hands in your pockets and the whole sweater sort of beats around you. <laughs> see, I'm not aware of this. Oh, it's so but good. I'm glad. It's so good. It kills me a little bit every time. I'm so glad. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really, it's a fun show. I hope we get to keep doing it for a long time. I am I and I've like I've said this after too many glasses of champagne to them as well but I just I am so delighted that some of these classic pieces of theater that I grew up with like kind of having like nerd romances with do you know what I mean yeah that they're like they're here and they're contemporary in there and it and it's not a statement it's not like we're doing Chekhov because we have a feeling about Chekhov that'll inform the the current whatever garbage I hate that shit but like we're just it's like yeah this story is really good so let's like pump it up and do it yeah and I love and I, I love that about three-day hangover I love that we all work in the room and we're like yeah let's fucking do this mm-hmm. well I may part of it's just because I've lived with it for so long now but I don't even think about it as being a question that like oh yeah this is relevant right now this is contemporary this is somewhere mm-hmm. in between it's not it doesn't feel dated to me it doesn't feel like we're trying too hard to make it of today yeah, but that's because I'm brainwashed. But it's it lives <laughs> somehow outside my like what when I think about adaptation in the kind of like theater like theater 101 kind of sense, it's not that. It's not that kind of adaptation. It's not like you know, the, the, what's a good example? Um I don't know, but when we, you know, when we when we kind of adjust the language in like a restoration play, like yeah. that kind of it's it's not that. It's its own thing. It's and its part own. of that is goes to Chekhov, just like writing stories that are so human, and yeah, you know, some of them, some of the stories are dependent on historic things or historic events, but it's just about these little human moments that are the same. Mm-hmm. We're all still awkward now. We're yeah. all still trying and failing at things now. Yes, you know, um, and I think it. I mean, and and he his humor was sort of understated that way, but this makes it like unquestionably funny. You're like, oh my god, we are that ridiculous. Yes. You have to laugh. Um, do you work out of town a lot? You were mentioning Philly. I do a little. Um, I I think I average like two, maybe two or three jobs out of New York a year. Um, I was in California last summer. I'll be back in California this summer. Uh, I worked in Ohio last year. I yeah, I try to bounce around a little. Um, do you like working out of town? I do. I like traveling. I like the chaos of it all. Um, it. I'm getting a little bit tired. Maybe that means I'm getting older. I don't know. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, just that um, 
we don't have a national theater, but we do have a national theater community. And there are, there are enough of us moving around, actors, designers, um, and, and I mean this in a good way, but like rumors too, like, oh, like I did the, I did this job with this place and they put me in this like really cute Victorian B&B or this hotel. Like there is like, there is this shared uh, conversation happening nationally. Um, and I think sometimes it's about theater, but sometimes it's about goofy shit too. And I really like that I get to participate in it and that I get to pop into towns and see friends or meet new people or network with new theaters. And I, I like to talk, I guess that's probably obvious at this point, (laughs) but I like, you know, when you go someplace and you meet new people, it's like, great. Like you're a person who I can talk to until I get a job from you. Hi, (laughs) it's nice to meet you. (laughs) So it's, it's fun. It's fun. That's good that you like that. I do. Yeah. (laughs) This is a question that I'm just, I just decided to add to the podcast this week as a friend suggested it to me. Okay. So if you don't want to answer it, that's fine. I'm bracing myself. He suggested that I start asking how people have been dealing with the new political climate as an artist or just as a human. Yeah. Um, if you are interested in answering it. Sure. Um, I guess I would just want to offer that I, like, uh, there's a lot of soapboxing at the moment, even from people I agree with, and I don't want anything I say to sound like it's a a decision or a truth. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in process with what's happening just as much as anyone. There's a lot I haven't figured out. And as a citizen, I am, you know, I am particularly worried about what's happening a la our civil liberties and and that'll affect me as a as a person as a as a woman and as a and as a daughter or as a all of those other identities that have nothing to do with the arts the thing i think i'm like really quite scared of um and and i don't like i'm not even really comfortable with that word because i think that's the word that's gotten thrown at the left like why are you afraid like you're being a drama queen and like mm. i am a drama queen so like i'm trying to be really <laughs> reserved about what i am fearful of and i try right. to check that against every piece of evidence around me because i um if it's not legitimate i don't i don't want to antagonize anyone else's fear but um we're demonstrating right now a degree of selfishness and nastiness and not in the fun Hillary Clinton way and um pettiness and uh and that is a cultural thing that is about our our inner workings as a as a country and we the, you know i think the arts community to a certain degree has always sort of enjoyed that like we we're we're not a class the way like we're different you know we like our roots come from something semi-religious based we're like we're these weird things and maybe sometimes being the underdog really serves us but when we start to address the arts with nastiness when we start to like sort of write it off as irrelevant, even though we've been practicing it and pained for it for centuries, uh, that is that produces fear. I I know that those are I don't I don't want to speak to particulars because I don't want to start a fight with anybody <laughs> in my life. But um, if you can't relate the issues we're having with speech to how that could trickle down to what's performed on a stage, then, then you're not paying attention. 
And that is terrifying. That terrifies me. I did call the NEA this week and I was like, are you guys good? What's going on? What do I need to do? And they were like, they were so, they're bureaucrats too, but they were like, well, like the NEA is feeling like we will no more come the budget conversation for 2018. So it was like very much this like, we're measured, good. Yeah. response. Yes. It was very much. Please don't measured. show up at our doorstep. Please, Please, Please don't come here. And I was like, cool. I won't show up, but I will be watching everything that happens <laughs> like a you. hawk. Good for you for checking in. Yes. I checked with the NEA. I'm, I'm very nervous. And I, um, <laughs> It's funny when I when I when we were sort of all having our like donation moments in the last couple of weeks. It was like I you know like I did Planned Parenthood and the ACLU, but I did PBS and NPR first. And I in a weird way I was like, oh, that's maybe that's like a little um, it's like a little bit of a way to know yourself. Like where who did you give your money away to first? Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, I gave it to the I gave it to the arts. I gave it to <laughs> broadcasting and television. I I really want to save Big Bird. Well, I mean, there are other things in yeah. there too that have a lot to do with free speech. So yeah, I, those are important. Too. Yes, uh, I I like the idea though that Big Bird could be the the visual image though. Like <laughs> this, you want to cut the bird? It's about the bird. Don't take the bird away. I just we like we existed so long on on the idea of public like public schools, public radio, public television, public enterprises, public institutions. And I, I, I mean, I work for one, so I can't, I can't even, I know how, how difficult they can be, but it, I don't know why we jumped to this idea that they're not good. Well, that's, that's the scary part is that the two, the two ideas are so polarized of right. that public and government can be good and that any, you know, anything but extremely limited government is bad. Right. Um, we're too big to not take care of things like in a, you know, in a, on a tiny island with a small population, I sort of get like, all right, cool. Like libertarians want to take care of themselves and do whatever. Cool. Like, great. Like the community will support its own. Absolutely. Sounds great. Yeah. I, and I like the idea of island living. Like if we could do that with palm trees, I could probably get behind it. But like, what are there? 8 million people in New York? And like, what were some of them just don't eat? That's the plan. That can't, that's not a plan. <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah, thank you okay. for answering that i know it's a heavy question it could take us down so many rabbit holes thank you uh, what have you learned over the years uh about like dealing diplomatically with actors in the fitting room and because i know sometimes we can be selfish or like tiptoe onto your territory in that in that way yeah it's a hard thing because um uh, and it's true to varying degrees with the other designers but the work the costume designer does is really dependent upon um, an actor's willingness to put it on. And, you know, I think in the black and white rulebook version, there's this sense of like, well, you're an actor, just put it on, that's part of the job, don't violate the contract. And that, it's not that it's untrue, but it doesn't ultimately produce a good costume either. Like, if someone is genuinely unhappy in the garment, it will show in weird ways, like, It'll, it could be like very passive aggressive. Like the, like I've seen, I've had costumes come back to me with like problems and, or tears Ooh. and I'm like, okay, great. But I've also <laughs> like, I've also seen it like affect the energy of an actor or affect the movement of the actor. And I don't want that. That doesn't, yeah. doesn't serve the story. And therefore it's not, I find like working with a really good costume designer in gives me ideas about the character that I didn't even realize. Yeah. It, but it has to be like a dialogue. Mm-hmm. So I assume, like, if, if, yeah, if the actor had a completely different idea than you about the costume, it would, like, everybody would be butting heads. Yeah, and I think that, 
unless the actor is coming to me from a place that is so wholly grounded in vanity, any mm. actor who comes to me with like, I, there's stuff happening here and I, we got to talk about it. I would be like, great, let's do it. Like, and I would rather spend a half an hour in the fitting room figuring that out than trying anything on. Um, and that's a little bit of a dream because you don't always have that time to make up when you're trying on costumes in a dining room <laughs> on 53rd street yeah. or 52nd. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, especially with contemporary shows, I like, I'm like, would, would they wear this? And it, that question has to be asked pretty carefully because like a, a cuckoo brains actor and they exist, bless all of your hearts actors, but some of you are cuckoo. <laughs> they will like, that will sort of signal to them that it, that it's up to them and it's not. Um, I like, I have to be responsible for the whole picture and your one idea about that one shirt can't trump the stage picture. Um, but the idea of like, you know, when people are like, oh yeah, like I know we like, we need a cool graphic, but like, I'm sure she listens to no doubt or whatever. Like I'm, <laughs> and you're like, oh, that would be so great. Like, let's get a band t-shirt. Let's do, you know, and it's, and that's so informative about character. It's like visually it's fun and interesting. There's like nostalgia to it. So like, I love those conversations where they go back and forth with period shows. And especially when you're having stuff constructed, you know, that's when you have this conversation that's a little bit more like, oh, I picked this kind of pattern or this lace or this detail da, 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 because of this thing I read in the script that I and that's I think when you have that back and forth for an actor and when I get to sort of use my visual linguistics training to impart something I saw on the script whereas right. with the t-shirt it's like well I speak t-shirts I'll tell you which t-shirt is right and it's like no, I mean, you do, but you don't... I mean, like, there is different. We had different... conversation with all the other t-shirts right, on stage. Right, right. And the jeans. <laughs> and the infinity scarves or whatever. Um, right. So, uh, yeah. But I that that's a really fun part for me. And, like, I love actors who uh, listen and engage and talk. Right. Um, and... You know, the one of the things we try to teach young actors is like, you know, I don't like this or I don't want to wear this isn't helpful. Right. But like, why am I wearing it? Have you thought about this? And have you thought about the costume in relation to this moment or scene or idea? That's a conversation point And you learn a lot from that. And that's great. Yeah. And I think being a costume designer lets me like sort of um, reminisce. Like it's like the actor days. Like I get to do a little bit of actor work when I'm alone with the script, and like talk about in yeah. my brain. Like have my little well, brain you can think about it from each character's point of view. Yes. to a certain extent. And yeah, totally. Yes. But yeah, I joke, and this is like something I say at the bar with other designers. I'm like, well, if they want to give me notes on costumes, I'm going to give them notes online, like on lines. Like, if you aren't off book, I, you don't, I, why do you get to tell me anything about the costumes, frankly? Uh, which would never fly in a rehearsal room, but right, it's, right. it's my own little fantasy. No. <laughs> but the designers are allowed to joke about that together. Yes. I just outed designers. I apologize. <laughs> um, is it tricky to kind of deal with body image and stuff like that when you're in the fitting room with actors too because it's it's personal it's not just the wallpaper behind the actor it's right things that are in conversation with the size of one's body yes we all have our own issues with that etc yeah and I one of the things I encountered a little while ago was an injury and I I hadn't thought and it's like addressing sort of like there's a pretty, I guess there's a range of sort of body issues that I think we all kind of deal with. And I think I'm pretty good at addressing those and coaching through them. But someone was like, no, I like my foot literally can't do that thing. And I was like, oh, uh-huh. and 
and it's not, it wasn't visual. So it wasn't until I was like, put this on your body that they were like, no, that's not an option. Not an option. I was like, oh, okay, great. I need a new way to solve that. Um, but yeah, I mean, my, my colleague from Irvine, actually, she uh-huh. jokes that it's costume designers, prostitutes, and doctors who say, uh, come in. It's nice to meet you. Please take off all your clothes. <laughs> um, but yeah, we do. We're like, we're there sort of firsthand with people's bodies. And I've just seen enough of them in their underwear. And in the case of a lot of actors, they're like falling apart, old as hell underwear. Um, <laughs> that I just really think everyone is beautiful. So when I'm in the room, if if someone's not sure, I like I'm sort of like I'm sort of like newly in love every fitting. I'm like, it's be- you're beautiful. You. You're, yeah. You were an instrument. You were capable of a story. What power? And a little bit, I guess, to a little bit of a degree that's a line but I believe it too so I hope everybody who comes in the fitting room with me like knows that 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 body there whether or not they like one part or another is it is it's powerful it's that's very beautiful to me oh (laughs) (laughs) that machine kills fascism (laughs) uh okay so if you are having like a day where you're in the dark side and you're feeling uninspired or beaten down Mm -hmm. uh are there things that you reach for again and again like a book or music or places you go or something like that um yeah monet's uh uh, japanese bridge Mm -hmm. at to the met uh and i can look at that thing for hours and uh i can just weep at it um dylan thomas's in my craft or sell an art uh which i think I don't, I don't know a more p- perfect explanation for why we do this crazy art thing than, than that po- poem. I don't know. I wanted to call it a piece of art, but it's a poem. It's both. Um, uh, yeah, and like a really great glass of wine. <laughs> uh, it's a lot easier to laugh afterward. Yeah. But I, I mean, again, to the credit of Three Day Hangover, sometimes walking up into that room, and I think it's something about going through that weird fur carpet. The tunnel? Curtain. Yeah, it's the, the tunnel. <laughs> it'll, like, it'll, it'll revive me a little bit. Um, yeah. And running. I, 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 a good run. I was never a runner until, like, the last two years, and <laughs> I've started to enjoy it, like, to the limited extent that I can. And today it was 60 degrees out in February mm-hmm. and I went for a run to the park. Global warming isn't real, by the way. It's and not We're getting true. a blizzard tonight. Yeah. So it's, it's fine. <laughs> but I, I took that one weird February day and I was like, oh, this feels good. Yeah. It feels really good. I wish I had discovered it sooner. All right. And so the last question is, have you seen anything lately that you want to recommend of any art form, but especially theater oh goodness gracious or have you been oh. too busy to see anything um <laughs> i've spent a lot of time recently on the new jersey turnpike so i might not have a great mm. suggestion on this um oh i don't know her but um i think her name is caitlin o'connell she's also a costume designer she just did the recent designs for the uh, theater for a new audiences shakespeare um and i uh i'm a little too proud to easily like I you know it's like of course I want to support my fellow designers but I I I tend to be a little stiff around other designers because I'm like well I can do stuff too (laughs) um and I her I her designs came up today on the internet and I it stopped me dead in my tracks um the the artwork was 
It, yeah, it really it it gave me pause. So you, you saw the renderings. I saw the saw renderings. I haven't even seen the show. I don't even oh. think the show is up. I think it's whatever they're doing next. Um, but the renderings like took the wind out of me, and and then I had like and then I like got my wind back. I was like, oh shit, damn it! Like, <laughs> uh, and I took a lot of screenshots, and I was like, how do I learn from this? What do, what yeah. do I? What do I? What do I take into the back part of my brain to yeah, awesome. make me a better artist? So if I don't know. I so will all have to figure out that show. And yeah. <laughs> and hopefully I pass her someday and I can be like, that's really good. I hate you. I mean, that's really good. No, <laughs> no I don't. No. I don't mean that. <laughs> Teach me things. <laughs> show me how. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. This was awesome. Thank you for having me. are coming soon please look for us on facebook in itunes i'd like to thank the following people for their generosity the compass cover art is by kim miller music by brendan spieth audio assistance from nick choksi and a special thanks to frankie j alvarez see you next time Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.